Welcome to Heathen and the Hedge. This is a podcast about marriage, magic, and beyond. I'm Shay. My name is Merlin. And we have a special guest today. Introduce. Hi, I'm Jam. Hi, Jam. (laughs) So today we have Jam with us on this episode, and I would like you to introduce yourself. I think the the best person to introduce themselves is is the person. So you introduce you and let us know about um, you, what you do, what you're into, and then um, kind of like a little synopsis of what we'd like to talk about today, and then we can just hop in. What is Jam? What is Jam? Who is Jam? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I am Jam. Um, I'm an Anderson Fairy initiate. I have a background in like herbalism and all things witchy. And then I would say my spiritual home base is Sufism. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I say? Just whatever. Well, you what's Sufism? I want to. Yeah, I, I have questions. Oh yeah. Well, so there's a lot of branches of Sufism, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different opinions based on um, the source cultures. Um, most commonly, Sufism is explained as a mystical um, branch of Islam, and the many different traditions come from different areas in the Middle East, and then also areas in South Asia. Mm. Um, my lineage, in particular, came from Afghanistan to India to the U.S. Okay. Okay. Very yeah. cool. That yeah. Because cool. um, we're still really new to witchcraft, like a couple years in, and so there's so many different branches, types, ways that you can practice, and so... I'm sure we'll have more episodes on things like that. But today we're going to talk, I guess, a little bit about boundaries of witchcraft and kind of how that translates over into what? BDSM. BDSM. Okay. I want to make sure that I'm like picking the right. (laughs) Yes, I'm making sure I'm on the right title with everything. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was like, I'm trying to make sure I'm on the right page with everything because I know that like we when we got together, we're like, what are we going to talk about? And then it was just kind of a... A throw out between, yeah, what we wanted to talk about. So I want to make sure that we're all on the same page today. But yes, so um, kind of like witchcraft, boundaries, and how that translates, crosses over into BDSM. So if you would like to, Jam, give us a little bit of um, what is like the standard definition of like BDSM and um, kind of just a little bit on that that touch. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'll start by saying like what inspired me to suggest this topic is that I yeah, feel I love there that. is a lot of crossover between yeah. people who are into witchy stuff and people who are into kinky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think my hope with today is to sort of like explore some of the common themes that like witchcraft and BDSM share and then also maybe come to some kind of a conclusion as <laughs> yeah. to why. Like why are all these same yeah. people into all this crazy stuff? Um, yeah, so this... The definition of BDSM uh, commonly accepted today is bondage, dominance, and submission, and also sadism and masochism. Mm-hmm. So in the old days, people would say DS for dominance and submission, or S&M for sadism and masochism. Okay. And then we add bondage, but it's also used very broadly to just encompass all kinks, because so many mm-hmm. kinks don't have to do with any right. sadism, masochism, power exchange, or bondage, but... It could be more just like role playing right. and sensory exploration, or like mind fucking, like <laughs> fear play a lot. So there's all that's that. interesting. Yeah. I like that. Okay, okay. So, so I guess where what, would that tie into? Yeah. So, um, like your witchcraft, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, where like, I guess there's a lot of areas I feel like where it ties in, and um, those would be energy, power, ritual. Um, 
And so I can kind of just like break down each topic a little Absolutely. bit. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. Okay. So what I've noticed as far as um, energy is that uh, like when anyone gets involved in studying witchy stuff, mm -hmm. one of the first big things they do is they learn to read energy. They learn to control their own energy. They learn to raise energy, ground energy. Right. Um, they may even learn uh, channeling and possessory work. Mm -hmm. And then what I've also found is that in the BDSM scene, and so for context, when I'm speaking about it, I'm not speaking about like my boyfriend wanted to spank me, so we bought a flogger, and now he spanks me in the bedroom. I'm talking about like going to dungeons, going to classes, going yeah. to play parties, um, and just witnessing like the conscious construction of a BDSM scene. Mm -hmm. um, so when that happens, we do see a lot of, um, I think it just like speeds up the learning curve for your energy awareness. Right, right. When somebody's in a scene because the top, like the person, you know, doing the thing to the other person is constantly checking in with them. Yeah. Are you in your body? Are you in subspace? How is this intensity? Um, and same thing for that person. When you're bottoming in a scene, you have to be aware of yourself and where your energy is at. Like, did I just dissociate? Am I even paying attention? Yeah. You know, or am I getting high? Like, am I just getting really high on this, these endorphins? Um, so I guess, like, this really came up for me because I felt like my experience with, like, training in covens and doing all these exercises to raise my energy awareness um, it all made so much more sense once I got involved with BDSM. Mm -hmm. I couldn't ground to save my life before I got involved with BDSM. You That's know? interesting. You have wow. all these witchcraft teachers being like, imagine that you're a tree, and yeah. imagine that your roots go down, and imagine that your leaves are in the air. And I'm like, I can't use my intellect, like brain power, to get into my body. But going, doing a BDSM scene, like, yeah, you're definitely in your body. And afterwards, there's such an emphasis for, not for me, but for mm -hmm. most people, there's a lot of emphasis on aftercare. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself is very grounding. Mm -hmm. um, and how did yeah. that translate? Like, so how did that change your grounding experience? Like, what did you learn in that that helped you ground more than before, like with just mind? Yeah, for me, it has 100% to do with physical exertion of energy. Mm. Um, so if I'm all like ADHD all day and then I try to sit down and ground, that's a lot more difficult than if I've worked out, walked the dog, or in theory have done a BDSM scene. Yeah. Um, and it also, it really helped me understand why my Sufi work has been so much more effective at helping me ground as well because mm -hmm. we do breath work exercises mm -hmm. and I've found mm -hmm. that um, the somatic experience of manipulating the breath mm. through the channels of the body really helps with grounding as well. Ooh, it's okay. very cool. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like journey work, mm. like a ton, like the grounding right. and being present in yeah. the present of the work, as well yeah. as like the the aftercare. Like it's a yeah. literally everything that you just said reminded me of my journey work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's cool. That yeah, makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And so. Um, when it comes to, I guess, like, you said, like, being in a scene. So what's funny is, like, when we were on our way here, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I don't really know if I can think about if I've had an experience with, like, energy and, and like, magic, BDSM type stuff um, in my own personal life. And then you, you brought up a good point where you were like, actually, we have gone to, like, a sex club before. Yeah. And it was all about like boundaries and setting like that ground to say like, yeah. well, this is what I will allow, what I won't allow, this kind of thing. And so like when you said that, I was like, oh, yes, you're right. I have had a first first hand experience. Yeah. To make everybody feel safe. Yeah. And comfortable in right. that space. Yeah. So that totally makes sense for ritual. Like yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's something that can be forgotten a lot in ritual is making sure everybody feels comfortable in that space. Like it's kind of, I mean, I've been to rituals and people, they'll just go off like, and there's no, there's no prepping, there's no communication beforehand. And Uh wait, what do you mean just go off? I don't know. I just, like, I think that there's a, if I may, I think yeah, that what you're it. trying to say is that there's a disconnect between, like, group rituals now yes. versus, like, people being, like, more people are being we solitary these the days. individuals in group rituals, I, th- yeah. I think, sometimes. Yeah, like, I don't think everyone in a, in a, in a group is um, aligned to learning how to, like, attune their energy with others. Yeah. It's more like people are so focused on themselves and where they're at and what they need and they're not used to being able to kind of like level out for others, um, if you will. Is that kind of what you yeah, were saying? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Because of yeah. right now, kind of what we... And like gender roles in ritual yeah. work is Ugh. something that's yeah. like very polar and it doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And so like I think a lot of that kind of coming full circle, like being able to... I think if we can actually use this um, as a tool, like you were saying, like the way that it helps people to learn how to like feel energy and kind of like, um, I guess not really necessarily like expect, but you know, like more so like being able to like tune yourself to other people. Um, I think that that would give people better chances of learning what it is like to work energy with others mm-hmm. because it's not really something that is, I think yeah. big, for, for, big for our generation right now. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of clashing with um, covens or like people who want to have like larger groups together in magic mm-hmm. um, because they don't really know how to how to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just makes sense. Need too. more communication, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And even in the old days, like, um, like you mentioned, the gender roles being such mm-hmm. a thing. I remember even the first um, priestess I trained with. Um, I love and adore her very much, and her opinion was the popular opinion at the time, which is. Circle needs to be man, woman, man, mm-hmm. woman, man, mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And, well, then someone says, well, what if they're transgender? And then, you know, my teacher at the time says, well, they need to go with their assigned gender at birth. You know, um, and I was like, oh. Is that well, how we're I, doing it? <laughs> yeah, I know, totally. And I'm okay. like, that was, like, such a popular opinion back mm-hmm. then. And I mm-hmm. don't think many people saw that as problematic, like mm-hmm. many the broader population. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I think, like, setting the environment like that and being energy aware, too, I think has to do with creating a safer setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one that feels conducive to the mm-hmm. intention of the working. Yeah. And then you're also speaking about consent, and I think that's so yes. huge because consent is so much of, like, what builds our little chalice that the water can flow in. You know, mm-hmm. people aren't going to unfurl unless they know that they're held. So yes. mm-hmm. if they haven't opted in, then it's a no. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 100%. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I guess, um, what are what are some of the, I guess, the play that you've been involved in, and like, what are some good examples of what that you've seen of a person not respecting the energy boundary, so people can get like just an idea of what that may look like in the in the in that realm. Yeah, for sure. Um, one, okay, one thing I've seen for sure is at like bigger play parties um, when like a a top and a bottom are really deep in a scene and people, you're allowed to watch at play parties. Like that's Mm -hmm. why people are there. So you're totally allowed to just be there even if this person's like (laughs) naked and doing all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, But there have 
on more than one occasion been somebody who was watching who reached in to touch somebody mm. who was in the mm. scene, you know, which mm. is like mm-hmm. such a blatant, like, it Don't should do be that. so yeah. obvious. You really didn't need to read the room at all. To right. You shouldn't <laughs> touch somebody yes. who is in a scene with someone else. Yes. Um, so, like, that's a big one. I feel like as far as my scenes, um, I just have an energy that people don't come up to me if I don't want them to. Like, mm-hmm. people don't hit on me if I don't want them to. Even when I have long hair, I'm going to show up, like, very high femme. Yeah. Um, that's just my energy. I'd never get hit on unless I want to be hit on. So, like, I have luckily been very protected in those kinds of spaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what other kinds of things, as far as people not reading the energy... I would say, like, one thing that can really come up is if somebody is doing a super intense scene, mm-hmm. other people around might not know whether or not that's okay, you know? They're yeah, like, yeah. that person wants to be crying right now. Or they want to say no, but that's not their safe word, so they're going to say no a lot, you know? And so that can be a really tricky thing, and so then yeah. we're really asking, do we trust everyone here to, like, to actually be opting into consent, mm-hmm. to have, like, agency over themselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much do I trust that this grown-ass adult really wants to be in this situation? Mm-hmm. So that's where it can be difficult because there are, you know, he- heavier play parties where someone says, like, you know, I want to do consensual non-consent or I want to do, like, a, a group take, you know, takedown followed yeah. by a lot of really intense penetration stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I would say definitely, like, with taboo stuff, that's where a lot of the a lot Line of the trust blurry comes in. and people are kind of eager to do instead of really like read the energy between them and the other people in the room. Yeah, but I will say that I think that parties where they intentionally Mm -hmm. are like, this is a heavy play party, we're gonna be doing taboo stuff. I think those people, people who attend those parties tend to come in much more clear and explicit Mm -hmm. on what they want and what Mm -hmm. they're not okay with versus uh, like one of the first parties I went to, I I just had to walk through it to get to the party next door, but it was like a, sensual massage party where there were rose petals on the massage tables that party was where people were coming up to me to try and play with me and i was like i'm not here to play with you at all (laughs) so i i would argue that a lot of times people with shittier boundaries tend to show up to the softer play parties Mm. but people with not very good boundaries might not even dare to step into a heavier party Mm because they they don't have the experience or the skills or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're just going to get shut down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I honestly personally feel more comfortable at parties that are like more intense that way than ones where it's the touchy feely types. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that wow. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, that yeah, does make sense. If you're into a little more heavy stuff, it'd be, you're definitely going to know your own boundaries and kind of have some experience in mm-hmm. that yeah. atmosphere. So yeah. You already know the etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, like, so um, what are some examples, like, I know we kind of talked a little, about, a little bit about it, but we can go in a little bit more in depth about just um, how we've seen people have, like, poor energy um, in, in the magical realm now. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. poor energy exchanges between other people and not really being able to read that, that comfortability. Um, and I've had plenty of experiences like this, you like when it's have more magical experience. Yeah, yeah. With like rituals and like coven, coven yes. work than I have. Yes, yeah. So like a big one is I know kind of one right now that's circulating everywhere is people that don't want to have circles with different uh, genders. They want to have just you know only a women's circle or mm-hmm. only a men's circle, and I don't really think 
that that really matters. Um, but I think that for some people, their energy not being able to kind of like accept the masculine and feminine balance is kind of telling as to whether or not they're even, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, whether or not their energy is really balanced enough. Do you know what I mean? To yeah. be to be giving in a certain a I mean, giving in a in a group sense. I get, I get not being comfortable around like you know that. Like, I can totally understand like a an exclusively like female coven not being comfortable with like. No, yeah, I can. I know that, energy. but I'm saying there are that, groups that when there is a mix of people in the group, there's people who are just like energetically uncomfortable yeah and they're they can't allow themselves to really like or energetically parasitic sometimes i mean that too i mean there's plenty of that too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> i was like some people just can't help it they just <laughs> i know i know and yeah. so like i find that to be kind of like one of the things that i've encountered sure. being that like you come to the circle right and instead of being because for there's me there's a big imbalance yes what yeah. i'm saying is for me when i come into a circle it's about me being able to give and take from that circle um, without mm. siphoning or without putting in my own influence, if that yeah. makes sense. It's really just about the exchange of energy. Absolutely. And so for others to be like almost completely like thrown off because, oh, there's someone here that the energy isn't what you were expecting. Um, I think that in a lot of ways that kind of just shows that that person is not um, ready for their own balance within. We all have the balance. Yeah, they haven't reached their balance yet. Yeah. That's, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And so, like, that's just one of the examples I've seen in the energy not being, like, 100%, like, a good exchange between me and other people in the room. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I'm able to temper myself and say, like, okay, this is what, okay, I see that this person, this person, and this person's in the circle. And so this is how I'm going to conduct myself versus other people who may not be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's just one example I've had. But I know you've had some examples with, like, people approaching you for, like, readings and things like that and their energy not being willing to accept what you give them. That's yeah, another big thing, too. you get people just wanting to, like, turn you into their guru and, like, that's not... Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's not what I'm here for. I'm going to help yeah, you. Yeah, they just come in and start asking. Do, but I'm not going to do your journey work for you. Like, I'm not yeah. going to... You see a lot of that where they just get, become completely dependent on you as a teacher. and Right. It's not like their own spiritual work it happening. Yeah, it's they not, want someone yeah. to walk them hand in hand through their own they're spiritual unable to awakening. They're their own spiritual sovereignty. Yes. And, and like, so they depend on me completely and I have to cut it off because I'm not helping them at that point. And right. It's draining me at that point. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But just another example of how there's like the boundary there but that's a is a is a really tight line that's a <laughs> yeah for thing. you yeah. yeah yeah i've seen that happen a lot for you mm -hmm. um what about you jim like anything that's happened magically um where like i know you said you do psychic readings for people online and uh -huh. you have i'm sure you've had plenty of experiences with have you done magic with other people yeah and, yeah so have you had any experiences where you feel like you can tell that others are not really ready magically or energetically to exchange or maybe where you can yeah. tell that it's a little bit, you yeah, know, it's a little sure. bit off. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why to like the covens that I have trained with, they go through a very extensive like outer court process for new members. Mm -hmm. um, and then once it comes to like uh, maybe more personal Sabbaths or yeah. workings, it's just a few people um, because you do like 
it's not even like we all have to get along. It's just we all have to trust that everyone here can actually read the energy yeah. and know if they are creating a rift. Because I think that's the one time when a group can start to feel very unsafe or unsettled is when there's yes. just one person who's like saying random shit, you know, <laughs> or just like, woo, you know. I, yeah. This, um, I had a great time. So I, for five years, I facilitated a moon temple, mm -hmm. um, which at that time was like considered to be an all-female. We, we said we were trans-inclusive, but... I don't think any trans people want to go to an all-female trans-inclusive mm. moon circle. Mm -hmm. But I remember this one time a friend had invited somebody, but she wasn't in town that date to go with this new person. So this new person who a friend had invited showed up with um, her service turkey. I was an, a pet turkey who was a, her oh, service animal. I had to put that together. Was yeah. A service turkey. My brain immediately was like, <laughs> I'm thinking of like a service turkey. It's like, like an emotional support animal. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I love so, that. Well, I've and like, never seen we're all sitting on the floor, <laughs> and this turkey is walking around at <laughs> eye level, pecking at <laughs> us, and I'm just like, "Who is in charge here?" <laughs> wow, yeah, this is not allowed. <laughs> this is another level. <laughs> yeah, and at some point, the person like puts a. Um, so it was like hard to like meditate right. and be in the space because there's this turkey walking around like doing this thing at our head level, <laughs> and then at some point. You know, this person puts a diaper on her turkey because she thinks her turkey's going to go to the bathroom inside this person's house. And, like, the woman hosting had two cats, and they were, like, afraid of the turkey. It was a whole yeah. thing. So, you know, <laughs> situations like that, it's like, yeah, maybe read the energy a little yes. bit. You know, or if you need to get up to go to the bathroom during a circle, maybe just do it. Don't be like, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Uh, 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 I, I really got to, <laughs> I just got to pee, but I'll be fast, but I'll be back. I'm so sorry. You know, right. it's like, just no, dude, go. Yeah. just get up and go. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, this whole place is protected. So you're not. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, yeah, of course, like I do card readings online is like my main gig. Yeah. And astrology yeah. readings online, and so that's just like going through a gauntlet of different energies yeah, all the time. Yeah. And that that part's kind of a hoot for me. Like I really enjoy a little bit of that chaos element. Yeah. Um, I don't. I have not had parasitic people, you know, approach me in that way. Mm -hmm. So I am. So far, I've been very blessed in that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah. And so, um, what else did you want to touch on today? Like, did you yes. have any specific topics you'd like to pull out for this and yes. kind of touch on a little more? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I think power is a really big topic okay. in um, BDSM. And it's, so for me, coming into witchcraft, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have, like, my hackles get up very much about um, coming from a Christian background mm -hmm. and then being introduced to these new ideas through witchcraft. But the one topic that did come up for me was power. Mm -hmm. And I you know, I remember going to so many classes and having so many different teachers say, like, you have to claim your power. You need to raise your power. Power is a good thing. Power is not a bad And that was hard for me. I was like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. I'm pretty sure that power is where all the evil comes from. So <laughs> like, yeah. that, like power in particular was a difficult topic for me for mm -hmm. a while. And then um, getting involved. Uh, more in the BDSM scene and particularly seeing people who have dominant and submissive power exchange really helped me understand what that's about because I'm mm. like you know anyone else out there where I'm like I have authority issues don't tell me what to do yeah um, but then really it's like oh no I love being submissive for the right person yeah and I have met you know like um, my priestess who is my oath mother she's a very very high like C-suite level executive in her normal job and she runs her house but she's a full-ass submissive, um, you know, in the scene. And yeah. it's because it feels good to trust somebody else to make the decisions. Mm. And it feels good to just um, 
I have had this experience with one person ever, and I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about like kind of risque stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're totally R rated. We're we're rated as explicit, so you can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I turn the that turn that off for tick. Turn it off for the tick. We're not gonna. We're not gonna put that on there. Eighteen plus. Yeah, that's the eighteen plus. (laughs) Okay, twenty one plus. Yeah, we have plenty. We have plenty. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right, now go. Um. Yeah, so normally, like, and even just, like, sexually, like, I mm-hmm. tend to only play and interact with other AFAB people, like, people who are assigned female at birth. That's who I tend to be attracted to. Um, but, and, like, just in general in life, I'm not a submissive person. I mm-hmm. hate being told what to do unless I'm, like, you know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but then when it's the right person, it's just the right person. And so yeah. I have one friend um, in Berlin, and I go and visit him once or twice a year. But he's totally a cis dude he's totally a straight cis dude but when we get together it's just like magic and he'll um i'm thinking about one of the first scenes we ever did together like he drew a bubble bath he poured us some absinthe he de-seeded a pomegranate yeah i'm like oh shit i'm gonna do (laughs) anything for you with pomegranate seeds and absinthe you know and this is getting real now Yeah, yeah for real um but we did a lot of like um drowning play like drowning play isn't a kink of mine but i was like this seems perfect like Mm. he's very experienced it's very high risk i know this Mm -hmm. like we know we've assessed our risk that we're are accepting you know but we do this like very ritualistic burning of incense on our um charcoal we're turning on ritual music we are lighting candles we are you know having this intense trust and um, consciousness alteration through drowning play in the water and then you know feeding each other these absinthe and pomegranates you know mm. and to me it's like that like that to me is ritual that is like yeah. changing the yeah. consciousness having this peak energy for myself of just intense fear and intense trust in this person mm-hmm. um, you know and then coming back down and like yeah I guess the aftercare is there in the bubble bath because now we're just hanging out in a bubble bath like yeah. eating pomegranates <laughs> but yeah. Um, that to me is just like such an organic ritual and so like um, you know we're the kind of people where he can make jokes about the left hand path and I'll be like yeah like my spirit guides are all up in this shit but we didn't have to like cast a circle about it and be very um, um, like formatted in that way that you would for a larger group ritual so I do I love the like level of intimacy you're able to go to when Mm -hmm. it's just a couple of people yeah um, and it's just such a natural crossover at that point where it's mm-hmm. like, well, no shit, I'm not going to do this without burning Copal or, yeah, yeah. um, you know, making an offering right. to the ancestors, like, or spirit guides. I don't always yeah. want to offer to my ancestors before I do something <laughs> kinky, but I'll make an offering to someone. You know? Right, right. And in a lot of ways, I guess, like, you, like, kind of coming full circle back into, like, the, the power topic, that's yeah. even in a way that's you coming into your own power, allowing yeah. someone else to come into your space, trusting them. And even being able to like release under like someone else's care yeah. is very much like allowing your yourself to be empowered. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And I mean, it's kind of nuts because the media gives you this idea that like submissives are just like, you know, skinny white girls whose <laughs> rich ass boyfriends like spank them and tell them to kneel or whatever. Right. But the truth is, like, the scariest people in the dungeon are the submissives. No. Because, you know, whether they're like, um, like pain sluts, like people who can take so much pain that they're dominant is like 
are you oh, broken? Are you okay? Like, I don't know if I trust myself to do this to you, but you seem to be all about it. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, right. like, honestly, I think most dominants are intimidated by submissives who know their shit because an empowered submissive, like, there's just so much there. They hold the yeah. power in the scene. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot more there than meets the eye, and that can really only be experienced mm-hmm. by exploring and witnessing those kinds of dynamics. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's actually yeah. the first time I've really like heard like more so like the submissives being talked about like in the dominance or not in the dominance, but more like in that in that scene of like that. Just because you're submissive, doesn't yeah, mean you're not in control. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like when people like when you think of like submissive, people think like weak or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. That's the first word that comes to my mind but it's usually like, like the they energy, think of like of ritual kind yeah of like it's yeah got, i mean like people just, think just it's like for you to let others take advantage of you and really it's the opposite it's, way around yeah. you're really yeah. allowing like the person to like truly be able to have like this like power exchange with you yes and you're yeah, allowing it's it very cool yes mm-hmm. yes it's like a mutual energy exchange it's, yeah yeah. yeah, and I've seen submissives. I don't know if she's a submissive. She's definitely a bottom. Um, I've seen this person in particular be waterboarded, mm-hmm. like waterboarded on an autopsy table because oh, we were at a really awesome <laughs> dungeon. You know, I've seen this person get turkey baked a lot and just... What's a turkey bake? It's... I think it's something that, like, no one should ever do, but okay. it's when somebody, uh, it's an asphyxiation play oh, with a oh, turkey okay. bag. So oh, the person okay, doing gotcha. this was a very experienced teacher oh, who's in the scene where gotcha, I'm like, yeah. I would not let anyone do that right. to me. I think, I, think I would be a little afraid. Well, I have claustrophobia, so totally. for yeah, me, yeah. like, tiny spaces or just, like, suffocation is not really my thing, but Korea. I could yeah. see how the line would be very thin there. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, you know, those people's hopping activities like that are, like, yeah. I full on could kill you right now. Right. Like, I am terrified. Right. I'm glad that like we're <laughs> in communication. This is a you know, this is a really long relationship. We know right, each other. Right. Um but also being someone's companion to work through that fear is like so intense for the top as well. Yes. Um Yeah. And I guess like I would just do my little <laughs> For public audiences, disclaimer, don't fuck with breath play. I yeah. don't know why it's so popular, because it's, like, the most dangerous thing you can do is breath yeah. play. So don't do that. That's why yeah. it's yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> like, like to play with the that. media's like, yeah, yeah, chunk your girlfriend while you guys have sex. I'm like, that is literally how people die. You yeah. do anything else. Like, yeah. <laughs> get some cuffs and cuff her to the bedpost. Like, right. I don't know. Like, you can do anything but this. Like, anything but this. But, yeah, no, that, yeah. Makes, that makes sense, I guess. You know, people love to push the limits and i think like when it comes to anything there's an extreme and so on so forth right there's always got to be somewhere that's taking the line too far somebody goes a little too far yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. well and no but i also get like from an esoteric perspective the breath is how the soul enters the body and Mm -hmm. the breath is how we control our consciousness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there is a lot to be said there about um i don't want to say doing a soul retrieval but you can reclaim a lot of your parts of your soul through breath work yeah. but you can also do like alternate nostril yogi breathing to get there too you don't yeah. have to have you someone put a turkey bag over here no no you don't yeah. you don't have to do that but there's definitely ways to to reach that level i guess right yeah. so that's kind of where the line kind of you know yeah take take a side <laughs> yeah oh and one thing i was gonna say about yeah. uh power dynamics yeah being aware of them so Say you go to a bunch of BDSM parties, and like for me, I observed for my first three years. I just volunteered. I didn't even play. I just watched. Right. Um, Unless I was bottoming for needles or hooks, which is like a whole other topic. Yeah. But um, 
being able to observe that gives you the skills to walk into any group situation and be aware if somebody is has a monopoly on the energy in the room. Mm. Um, and that's especially relevant if you do go to group rituals mm -hmm. or you get into any sort of like ongoing classroom setting where it's like, oh, yeah. the teacher wants this from the students, but now they want them to sign up for this really expensive training and then do this other really expensive thing, you know, so you can start to really gauge is this person trustworthy? Right, Do right. I want to give them my money? Do yeah. I want to give them any authority in my life? And I think that's super huge because, um, yeah, it's it's real that people will walk in and try and take advantage of empathic people mm -hmm. or spiritual people mm -hmm. or sensitive people. So really it's kind of like we developing your on, observation skills. We touched yeah. on that yeah. a little bit with our last episode with the, uh, like, vetting your spiritual leaders. And oh, mm -hmm. yes, like, mm -hmm. yes. Be very careful who you're taking advice from and trading energy with. Like it's yes, because it's, it's a really spiritually dangerous. Yes, because energy work is real. Too. Energy work is real, and you don't really yeah. just want anyone to to do work on you or allow them to be like in your in your space um, without knowing that they are like 100% like genuine and aligned with themselves. You know, because people can leave their own yeah their and own energy on you. Yeah. Or just cipher from you and just you know leave you all drained and whatnot, which totally, yeah, you have plenty to be of times with that of one. It as a yeah, as well, like know when you're. I don't want to say when your limits, but whenever, whoever you're helping is, I guess not helping themselves. Right, <laughs> right. There has yeah. to be a limit that you yeah. have to allow yourself yeah. when it comes to like. Sometimes being it's a, not even a malicious yeah. thing. It's just they're not conscious of where they are spiritually, and that's not good. Like you yeah, have to, yeah, yeah. Learn how to snap them where they need to be or drop it if they won't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I agree with that. There's, like I said, there's always like a line for everything. And so allowing people to kind of like, you know, take them to that and then see where they head from there, you know, just let it be. I've had plenty of times where I've had to just kind of like walk away from a situation, like knowing that there's not much else I can do. Yes. And so you just kind of have to like, you know, allow it and to be to that. And to know the difference between like spiritual problems and possibly like real life issues yes like because there's a lot of people who don't realize that psychiatric yeah. problems potentially yeah i've ran into that a little bit when somebody tells me you know they're hearing voices or something it's like we can talk about that but i feel like you should talk to like a medical professional as well <laughs> like because yeah. i'm not I'm i mean not the, like i said <laughs> like i said the line is thin <laughs> The line is thin because I used to also think I was like hearing voices, you know, and then yeah. I realized it was just like my well, it wasn't my own thoughts, but it Keep was all bases covered. Spiritual, <laughs> it was spiritual thoughts, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It gets a there's a line. <laughs> yeah, and you got to keep that on a. You got to keep that, you know. Like I said, you got to keep it tangible. There's a there's a line between like things that are beyond beyond like your real life issues and then people that are kind of like using real life issues to like drag themselves down like spiritually like yeah. i have a Gun i have a i have a really hard line between like what's going on in my spiritual realm of myself like like, like yeah yeah my spiritual realm of myself and then what's happening in the real world so like when things are happening out here i don't really take that as like something to do with me or that it's like my issue or that it's something that i need to fix or Oh, what? Like, cause you know how people, oh my God, this is happening. What's wrong with the world? Like mm -hmm. everything is happening to me. What was me? What was me? Like sometimes it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's literally just life is happening and like you need to allow that to happen and just like exist. Like just, yeah. just, just let it be. And I've gone to a lot of things where 
I have definitely caused less issues for myself by do, <laughs> by thinking that way instead. Because I used to feel like everything that happened was for a reason. And then I'd just be like, why is this happening to me? Why? Yeah. And then I felt like the more spiritually and like aligned I became with myself, I realized that like there is peace and calm even in chaos. Mm-hmm. Even when the crazy things are happening all around you, there is some kind of underlying like message, something to get from that, something that you could take from that. And so like I I've started really like spending more of my time like um evening out my responses to things and not not so reactive yeah. Yeah. on that side of stuff. Yeah. But I think that that kind of still ties into like how this all goes together even like totally when right. it comes to energe- like energy and especially energetic exchange yeah. because I know for a fact that like I've gone through times where I felt more open in like my energy, my sexual path, everything yeah. from where I was until to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many different changes. Like people don't realize how much um the connections you have with other people change you. Yeah. And I've I've changed completely from the different person I was to the person I am now. Yeah. Now it's really hard for me. Like, even though I feel very spiritually connected to myself, I'm still trying to open up sexually. I'm still trying to allow myself to be more open and more and and and, and experience more things and allow myself to be trustful. Yeah. Like even though we've been together almost ten years, I still have a hard time trusting, not because mm-hmm. I don't trust you, but because I have traumas and yeah. Things that still make it really hard for me to trust, mm-hmm. um, even on a sexual level. And so I think that as I kind of work on my own spiritual connection and it gets a little bit deeper and I kind of like release those those things holding me back, that it will start to come over, translate better into like my my overall connection in that way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that anyway. <laughs> I had, well, you you bring up two thoughts for me, so yeah. I hope I can tackle them in order. Yes. <laughs> um, well, at first when you were saying kind of like, sometimes when shit happens, people get really in their head about figuring out like, why? Yeah. What am I supposed to learn from this or whatever? What's yeah. the big lesson? All that stuff. And it kind of, for me, I, I've noticed this with certain clients who come back yeah. very often for card readings. Um, that's that moment where I feel like we get to use our energetic senses to mm. say what aspect of my consciousness is running the narrative right now because mm. it's my thinking mind. Yeah. And is that helpful to me right now? No. Like, <laughs> I was not given yeah. tools of spirituality so that I could run around like a little hamster wheel in my thinking mind to try and put out tiny little fires everywhere. Yeah. That's not using your tools to help you. Right. So, that's not a good use of your energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think checking ourselves and being like, okay, well, what can I do that is empowering, that is helpful? Yes. And it reminds me of something my Sufi teacher would often say, and that is the amount of suffering I experience subjectively in my life um, directly correlates with how much I argue with the universe about the way things are. Mm. You know, so why is this happening? Why does this suck? What did I do wrong? How can I, like all that shit does not help. Right. Rather than just sitting, and th- like this correlates a lot with Buddhist meditation as well. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the way things are and saying, this is the way things are at yes. this moment. Yes. Being willing yes. to be present with that. Yes. You know? Um, it's actually get, something I say a lot these days. Get in touch days. with your observer rather yeah. than like the experience yeah. or like observe. Is, yeah. I like yeah. to say a lot, this is a passing moment. Yes. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know why, but that's been something I've been saying a lot lately. Like, just whenever I'm feeling frustrated or something's mm-hmm. happening or... Uh-huh. I'm just feeling like off or whatever. I'm just like, this is just a passing moment. 
Like everything that's happening right now is not going to be what's happening in five days or 10 years or, you know, whatever. Right, right. Exactly. Sometimes it's very short lived. And so I try to remind myself of that, that everything is literally a moment. Mm -hmm. This will pass. Yeah. just like, you know, Gandalf did or whatever. Who is it? Is it Gandalf? Gandalf? Who is it? Was None it Gandalf pass. or was it's it? Gandalf. Oh, was it? Damn. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, yeah. Wrong, I'm wrong sure place. Said what I know. I know. I was like, <laughs> somebody who was a smart wizard said something. <laughs> All we have to do, to do is decide what to do with the time that we're given. I guess. Like, yeah. We're yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. I like yeah. that. It reminds me of um, the second arrow concept in Buddhism, mm. where they mm. say, like, the first arrow that pierces you is the situation and mm-hmm. that sucks the suffering mm-hmm. of life right. the second arrow is the one that you pierce yourself with mm-hmm. by dwelling on it you yeah. know it's like we create extra suffering mm-hmm. yeah. there's a certain amount of suffering that's going to be there but then right. we make it so much worse right. about right. ourselves we dwell we you know we <laughs> yeah. kind of you know drag things out longer than it has to be all that stuff right because yeah. we're people there's a go ahead i'm sorry no you're good go ahead there's a there's a yeah, I, uh, flash thought yes um there's like a dalai lama quote and he says um if there's something you can do about your problems, then there's nothing to worry about. If there's nothing to do about your problems, then there's no point in worrying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And true. And very yeah. true. Yeah. And you're very, just working yourself true. up about something that you probably can't do anything about. So right. Yeah. Just observe it. And but luckily with this topic. Keep moving forward. With this topic, you have all the power. You have all, all the, the power. You have all the power. You have all the control. You are allowed to choose who's in your space, who is not what's going on, what is not, yeah. and that involves magic, that involves, you know, sexual play, that involves everything to do with, like, your own self, yeah. your own about, bubble. Talking about observing, it reminds me of you talking about, um, you said your first couple of years in the BDSM scene, uh-huh. you just observed. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that goes yeah. right in with it. You're kind of feeling, I guess, feeling your own place out in it by observing where other people's place in it would be and where you would feel the most comfortable, like... Yes. That falls right into ritual work and spiritual work and journey work. It's all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because for me, I wasn't, I didn't have like my other person that I wanted to explore with. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to go to all the classes and then I'm going to yeah. volunteer and like, mm-hmm. I want to see everything. And, mm-hmm. um, and like inherently I'm a switch. So I top and I bottom, which can be very confusing because you're like, <laughs> what do I do first? Yeah. <laughs> Um, especially if I don't want to play with anyone. Oh, God. So, yeah. yeah. And I have big yeah. trust issues. So it's like mm-hmm. I would want to play with people who felt like friends, not yeah. people who felt like maybe they wanted to hook up with me. You know, yeah. I'm like, no, let's just do something fun and kind of beat each other up or, like, <laughs> pee on somebody and laugh about it, you know? Um, but I think the other thing you said had to do with trust that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were talking about, like, opening up more even yeah. years into a relationship. Mm-hmm. and. I think one of the most healing aspects about BDSM, and it's something we could learn a lot from if mm-hmm. we brought it into our magical lives, is having like unconditional acceptance of our partner, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's like probably the glue that holds like BDSM together is yeah. like, yeah, like this is hot or this is sexy or I like this just because it's fucked up. But the thing that really holds people together is saying like, you know, I can look at my partner and tell him I want to dress up like a puppy dog and he'll always love me, you know? Or he can look at me and be like, I want you to dress me up like a princess and I'll always love him. Or, I get the tiara. Right, yeah. Or like, yeah, let's put stuff in your butt, like whatever, all that stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I literally never have to worry about my partner judging me because 
I want to sit on your lap and pretend you're Santa Claus. Yeah. While we have sex. You know, whatever it is. Like, just, just a level of openness and... Yeah, yeah. because, yeah. I mean... And we've talked about, like, the puritanical pestilence before. It's like, yeah, we decondition ourselves of yeah. these beliefs that we inherit. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there's often just that line people get to where they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a witch, but only love and light. Or, like, yeah. I'm into kink, but, like, only hot kink, not, like, weird kink, you know? Right, right. So it's, like, it's that constant imitation to, like, continually decolonize our minds and continually decondition ourselves and yes. completely liberate our minds from those attachments to what we think is mm-hmm. an acceptable level of deviance or right, whatever. Like, right. um, you know, are people who want to be like, like Instagram, witches are hot, but then like they go into the real like witchy community and it's like, well, it's no, most, you guys are all weird. Yeah. It's mostly, no, this is how we are. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people who go to Ren Fair, who play D and D, who have mobility issues, yeah. who might be old, you know, it's like, it's not like sexy Instagram, which is running mm-hmm. around and making the Beltane ritual happen. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Right. Right. We're not living up to all the IG stuff. Yeah. This is real life. The problem with social media altogether. Is well, yeah, I definitely a, wish we could media. have gone back with like before social media. I miss, the 90s when things were not so accessible experience witchcraft before social media but i mean in a way though you know it's also more accessible yeah i mean there's some positives there's some negatives but i think like i said it's all in moderation that's literally just how everything is everything exists and already exists so you might as well just do it in moderation Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know try not to overdo it um but definitely you know partake when you can i mean me personally i don't even really use social media anymore for fun i just use it because it's like business oriented mm-hmm. like oriented and so when i'm done with business i'm pretty much done with social media mm-hmm. for the day and yeah. that's that's my level that's the that's the line i'm willing to yeah. i'm willing to draw for for some sanity i feel like i can only give one social media my attention at a time like sometimes i'm all instagram sometimes i'll go on a, on a TikTok bender, yeah. Like two months, <laughs> then I won't be on TikTok for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So completely inconsistent <laughs> when it comes to social media. Yeah, yeah. I am super allergic to social media. <laughs> um, and when I did begin my witchcraft journey, it was like pre-social media. Um, I think some people had MySpace, and then what was the live journal? I think people had that. Oh, mm-hmm. Where you would just keep your journal online, but it wasn't um, it wasn't anything like it is now, where yeah. it's all based around, you know, photographs of your pretty altars. But, right. Yeah. yeah, there was this platform called Witchfox, and that's where people would post articles that they had written about witchcraft, mm-hmm. and that was, there was also a directory for finding teachers. Mm-hmm. And that's how I found the first three covens that I trained with. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, and it totally doesn't exist anymore. But no, um, I was like, let me find Witch Fox right now. Right? Yeah, and Witch Fox. Like, there, I think there's like an archive Facebook page for it or okay. something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where you would meet like local yeah. covens that trained, and you could go interview with them and see if they would accept you as a student. And, oh wow. Yeah, very it really not cool. like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think back yeah. then, even like today, at least for like me and my close coven mate friends, we would still reference things like the craft yes. you know like pop culture yes. stuff hard like, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of the reference i mean we, we all have to admit that the craft had some type of small influence on yeah on making making witchcraft cool but i personally like wanted craft, to let's see practical I magic know. was right yeah <laughs> Jeez louise Hocus, yeah. Hocus, i know like, like, i yeah. know I, I mean for me like i'm going back to all the like, all the way to halloween town you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> taking it old school disney you know what i mean <laughs> i really felt that 
But I feel like a lot of it is... I was always drawn to Ursula as a child. So. Ursula's definitely like a underrated witch character that yeah. nobody And she about. kind of has like the hot mommy thing going right. on. Yeah. I mean, oh. she's not a mommy at all. Like, my, right. I guess in the concept of mommy is pretty broken, but <laughs> she's got something hot, hot and busty and magical potions about her. She is yes. sexy. The magical oh, potions of the boudoir. Had to pick your. Had to pick your. Well, she's definitely my Disney crush. Your Disney crush. Ursula. Your Disney crush villain. Since I was a child, I wonder what my parents thought of me when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is an interesting guy. Inter- interesting talk Why here. Does he keep rewinding the witch scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wanted to kind of. Um, is there anything else that you would like to address as far as just this topic before we kind of wrap it up? Um, I could just do a really quick run through of yes. tools. Yes, I was please. just feeling like there are sure, tools yeah. that people use in BDSM that I feel like have strong corollaries with tools in witchcraft. Okay, yeah, yeah that sounds cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, so of course, this is the one thing I didn't really write about. But, That's okay. <laughs> um, I think like masks are a big one. So people mm-hmm. will put on a pup hood or they'll dress up like a piggy or they'll want to just do a full face coverage where they're just, there's no face there. Yeah. Yeah. And people do that to get into their, their role really right. quickly or to slip yeah. into subspace. And I've seen, um, I feel like a lot of covens will be really big on masks mm-hmm. for certain mm-hmm. Sabbaths or group right. workings. Um, so that's one thing I think too. For sure, I would say all the um, impact implements, so paddles, floggers, uh, whips, yeah. all of those things, or cat of nine tails, people use that for raising energy and conducting energy, yeah. um, which would be like a very exciting version of a wand that you might use, right, or right. that you might use. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like even during my- An exciting my, version. Yeah, during, yeah. There was a point during my um, fairy initiation where- you get the scourge of the gods and you get beat with a cat. Oh, I don't know if I can actually, but anyways, you know, I was was like, I was like, this is so kinky. And what is this? Cause it feels really good. You know? And I was like, Oh, that's a cat of nine tails. Cool. Like, and I also like my first witchcraft teacher, um, during their, I think it wasn't Bacchanalia, Sat- Saturnalia, I don't know, some like <laughs> some the, Sabbath they would do right, where she yeah. would get people running in the circle and to make them run faster, she would. Fl- she was also a pro-dom, so like she oh, had floggers, okay. but she would totally <laughs> flog her coven mates to get them to run faster, you know, like stir it up faster, like a cauldron. Yeah. Faster, so, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's wow. Um, yeah, and then other tools I would just say would have to do with bondage because mm-hmm. how many around how many cultures do we know of these rituals where typically the medicine person would be completely yeah. bound and they would free themselves of this bondage while doing like a journey working for someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I like I don't bottom for bondage, so I don't know, but yeah. I know that for people who are really big into bondage, it's a huge inner journey for them and what mm-hmm. it means to be restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people even specifically get into. A predicament play or escape play where they're mm. actually trying to get out of it. Um, so I think there's a strong correlation too yeah. between that and like healing rituals where we might take away the sight of the people in ritual mm-hmm. or bind them up. Mm-hmm. And then oh, wow. um, the other, the one other thing I would say is like something I actually directly use in BDSM and in ritual is. Um, Oh, low battery. Yeah, keep going. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just um, play piercing and using play yeah. piercing to raise energy, which I have done in ritual just with really close coven mates. Yeah. Um, and then you also have like the blood aspect if you want to do blood yeah. magic, which yeah. 
I've done a teeny bit. We've done a teeny bit of blood magic. Yeah. Not, not nothing crazy, but mm-hmm. I could totally see that crossing over. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. That's there's a lot of stuff that you've uh, kind of brought into my perspective. I wasn't totally. really thinking about. So totally, you've been you've illuminated an, an entire new world, world for us. Slash culture <laughs> too. Yay. Yeah. No, it's really cool. I'm really happy that we got to kind of talk a little bit about this because it was really like it was something new and fresh for us like i yeah. it's not something well, that i have a lot of like at our first brain like, span the first time so. i met you i was like i could like i didn't see where it was going but i was like i can see how that i didn't see somewhere. where it was going either. right <laughs> it's like, i don't know where it's gonna but go a lot of which is are kinky i know i just know it's going somewhere yeah <laughs> it's funny that you were talking about tools because my mind immediately went to masks like in shamanism and stuff like that it's like you're you're like almost shedding who you are in your like daily life to yeah. be like the deeper, more connected, more fluid, magical person that you are. Yeah. 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 Oh, you have a whole regard. Yes. Wow. Well, this was a really like enlightening topic and conversation. I'm really happy that you could join us today for this chit chat. It was really awesome. This is a I want to. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be a popular. Episode. I have like so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions outside of this podcast i'm not even gonna ask on on, on the, online on maybe, the, be a, maybe there will be a part two yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah we could we could try to set it up yeah. so if you would please let everyone know where they can find you um where you can you know plug all of your socials yeah, so people can connect with you yeah and everything. oh man um <laughs> yeah so i am an astrologer and a lenormand card reader so you can catch me sometimes at the broom circle doing card readings Yay. on special occasions um, like there will be two Thursdays in yes. February that I'm doing readings and we have an astrology night coming yes. up on the 12th Yay. and um, my Instagram is Jamanita Muscaria. Uh We'll type that out somewhere. Yes. And then <laughs> we'll put all of this we'll in the links below <laughs> so everyone can yeah. find them. Yeah. And then my website is moon-serpent.com. Yes. Cool. Hell yeah. Yes, thank you so much, Jam. It was wonderful having you. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, for everyone, you all know that if you would like to, you know, visit with us, let us know any feedback, or just you know, catch up with any of the newest episodes. You can follow us on Heathen in the Hedge podcast, and that is on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, and of course, the link tree has everything you need to connect. So, yep. we thank you all so much for joining us on this episode, and uh, yeah. It was this a good. It was fun. a good one. It was a blast. Yeah, like, yeah. this is a good one. This is a really good one. <laughs> yes. So we are gonna sign off. Um, I'm Shay. My name's Merlin. I'm Jam. And thank you all so much for joining us. We will catch you on the next one. Yeah. Love you guys. Blessed, Blessed be, be y'all. Peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>